Hello, Scotty. Oh, God, I hope this is now. <laughs> it's not even being recorded. You're, you're flubbing it. Okay. My, my recorder has now started, so all of the... Uh, the finesse and wisdom that you shared before uh, before my recorder started has been lost. Oh, oh no, wait a minute, there wasn't any. We're good. <laughs> no, because you know why there was no finesse and wisdom? Because I had to taunt you because you hadn't managed to start your damn recorded. That's why. What's the point of, of, of shouting wisdom into the world if nobody listens? That is true. Well, we could argue that even when we're recording, nobody <laughs> listens, but <laughs> there we are. So, sir, it's been a few weeks because you, uh, you were on vacation, I was on vacation, we were off... Uh, in different parts of the world, uh, basically uh, um, uh, sunning ourselves and uh, eating you know, fine food. Well, I didn't do much sunning. I was in the UK, but there we are. So uh, how are you? So how was your... <laughs> Wait, well, as I back that up, how much good food did you have as well? I had quite a lot of good food because I cooked myself. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, yeah, no, the... Um... Uh, the seafood on the coast of UK is pretty good when you're there. No, yeah, it's it's okay. It's um, so good. I mean, the I know I once have I, all of it. Yeah, I I know I once introduced you to cockles and winkles, and you weren't very impressed. But um, they, they were pickled ones as opposed to fresh ones, so you, exactly. you have to withhold your judgment. Anyway, so how have you been? Have you um? Yeah, we won't spend too long on vacation stories because I'm sure no one has waited four weeks to hear our vacation stories. Um, in fact, no one's waited four weeks to hear anything again, probably. But uh, how how are you, sir? I'm dandy, you know, just trying to get back into the swing of things, um, which I have. Uh, but we're also in 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 yeah, as a as a company, we we've kind of tried to to cut down on the number of meetings to allow people to breathe a little bit in August, which I think is very um, uh, humane thing to do. It's good. It's called being French. Yeah, so that's specifically for August because August is a traditional vacation time in California as well, is it? Uh, well, it's not. Californians don't take vacations. I'm sure they will tell you. That is true, yes. It's vacation all year round, but now that there's no water and there's wildfires, it's feeling less like vacation variety land. Oh, well, you, you paint such a good picture of your, your fine state. I know, I know. Sorry. But uh, yes, no. My only little tidbit for you for for the technical tidbit sound of uh, a segment of the, of the of the show, I did learn something yesterday. Would you like to know what it is? Um. Okay. God, that was a long ass hesitation. <laughs> let's let's rewind that, Scotty. Yeah, I have this, this, fantastic... this show is all about being honest. I just needed to make sure I understood what I really felt on the matter. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> It shouldn't take long for you to dig deep and find that you have nothing but derision. Anyway, now this was this we had heard from our our customer care team that there was a problem with voice control in PostPlay, um, and so that's the the segment of you know that's the portion of the app or the the screen that you see when you're going from one episode to another, and it's the one that allows you to watch credits or go to the next episode, and. Uh, you know, our members have the opportunity to to opt out of the countdown, and some do. Um, some people just want to go into full-on binge mode, but if you use adaptive technology, if you use voiceover, use voice control, maybe you need or want more more time so you can go onto the website and, and turn it turn it off. And when you do that, it had some interesting side effect for voice control, which I had not seen before, so I was very grateful. And I thought it should be just a very simple fix, but the, the presenting problem was that there was no label, and so that even with a grid showing, you couldn't... There was no item, that, there was no number on top of the, the button so that you could tap to, to show the next episode. It would have been maddening. 
Um, and I, it, it didn't make any sense. The accessibility label was there. It was an accessibility element. Everything checked out. I'd not seen problems with it for, for voiceover, but for voice control, it, it was not working. And in the end, what it was is because we have a, a button class. Yeah, I think everybody has like multiple button classes. If you're not blessed to use Swift UI, UI Kit's button classes is... It works, but it's not very flexible in, in, in many ways. So a lot of companies will end up creating their own UI button-like classes. And when you do that, of course, you're responsible for everything. But we use a stack view because stack views are convenient to be able to have items that would be placed next to each other, on top of each other. You know, you could have an icon. You could have a, a, a UI label next door. So not at all uncommon, but, you know... Uh, the when it was being created, the, the the there was code that that set the stack view to have user interaction enabled. No, and it was a UI control subclass, so that 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 the first the the first item in the view hierarchy would have been the stack view. Um, and if it's disabled, then you know voice control will say, "Well, I'm not going to do anything for it." Not so much the the case with voice over because there was an accessibility label set an accessibility element so it would read it out. But uh, I, you know, in in testing, and I will blame myself because I wrote this component, and then this specific component was one that 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 has a kind of a thermometer style uh, countdown. So there's a background view, and so I, I spent time doing all that when I wrote it two years ago, and it, it works nicely and it looks great and wonderful. Um, but I did it before voice control ever came out, and so in in voiceover, everything worked just fine, except I didn't have the patience to wait long enough in my test. I'm embarrassed to say, to to notice that it read as a hint dimmed, so it it, it worked, but it, it 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 you know even even voiceover was telling me that the the button was you know active well visible and and usable by voiceover, but voice control no if something is it has its user interaction if there's something in the view hierarchy that it sees that has its user interaction enabled set to false, no, uh, then it just thinks that the button's not really there, it won't show a label, and you won't be able to act on it in voice control. So anyway, this is like one of those things where I was so, you know, I'm always happy when reports come up through customer service. I mean, I don't want, you know, people to have to, to not have things work and then have to report it, but to the extent that the customer care team brought it with a perfectly formed bug report, you know, with screen movies and everything, it was it was very simple to find out what the problem was, um, but took a little bit long to figure out why it was, you know, doing it. Um, so I was happy to get that fix. That's my tale of, 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 of success from yesterday. Yeah, I mean, okay. So technically, you know, what you're you're saying is is interesting. But I think, actually, the thing that struck me is actually the process there that someone reported it. You had a customer care team, and it sounds like your customer care team did the work of saying, "Is this really a bug or not a bug?" And how how is it? Oh, this is what it is. Before you even necessarily got to see it as yeah. a developer. Um, so it wasn't like you as a developer were having to, like, file through every report there was and see if there no, was no, a problem. No, no. Um, so you were really only genuinely, you only genuinely have to work on stuff that someone has said, yeah, I think we have a problem here. It might not be because we're not developers, but it looks like it is, so let's pass this on to developers. Well, so that's a, that sounds like a good, you know, that sounds... That sounds like you're normally only ever working on stuff that is a real problem as opposed to try and find out if it is a problem in the first place because someone yeah. else has done that for you. Yeah, I, I will say, you know, part of the reason why it worked well is I've 
you know, I've done a lot of evangelization as, as have others to, to be able to, because we want to know about this, you know, it, it, you know, as a company, when you make a, a commitment to, to, to working on accessibility, you have to touch it all the way down from, you know, design, we have to have executive buy-in and then for the people who are touching customers, that didn't sound good, who are in close contact, <laughs> no, who are, <laughs> who are our first point of contact for our customers. Especially in a COVID, that. COVID environment. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, so that, you know, the, the, I always, you know, I, I've spent the time getting to know uh, individuals there and, and people who manage. And so it, it they they reached out directly on Slack. They, it, 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 I think it was actually really cool. I, I think that they, they were very happy to be able to, to say, we let's examine it a little bit. Let's make sure they made, you know, really good videos of showing it, you know, with it on and with it off, um, showing it with voiceover and not. So it was really good. And, and, and voice control is is you know it's been around for a little bit um but it's it's i think it's less well understood i think in some in some ways than than voiceover because voiceover has been around for for a lot longer and usually if you if it works for one it works for the other but this is one of those cases where there was a subtle difference it's kind of interesting okay yep, that is interesting uh would you like to know something that might or may or not be interesting for me and what i've discovered in the last few weeks i would love to know that yeah um most of our apps these days are designed with an assumption that we have an internet connection. Yes. And many of them do not work well when we don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been in a, uh, for, I spent just a, about just over a week in a, um, a part of Cornwall, uh, or you usually would say Cornwall, um, that uh, <laughs> has, um, uh, and the area I was, I was camping in the area had zero zero data at all um a phone call could just about get through but there was no occasionally if the phone this was an interesting thing if occasionally if the phone the co- phone would tell me i had a 4g connection but it couldn't get any data if it occasionally dropped to a 3g connection a little bit of data might filter through but not much but anyway that's a that's a by the by that's irrelevant um it would have been nice if on my phone i could have told the phone to only do 3g and forget 4g because that means i might have been able to force it to get data now and again but that's not even worry about that. that's a different thing that's not the interesting part oh there might be the interesting part but it's not the bit that i think is interesting so yeah so apps just don't work without data and so i was going through this little rigmarole every day that you know obviously we would go out for the day we go do something and obviously you know, at some point during a day, I would be somewhere with data, and I would be thinking, okay, this is this is my chance. Obviously, at that point, I check emails and, and the rest of it, and you know that that's all fine. But uh, that, you know, there's various things on my my uh, my phone I had to do. Like, so I, I'm I enjoy sport, and so I subscribe to the Athletic and um, to to read on different sports things going on, and um, you know. I use their their iOS app, which generally most of the time I think is you know not a bad app. I mean, it's not the best app, it's not the worst app, and it's um, it's fine. But of course, you know, you get to you know you get somewhere with data. You're having a cup of coffee. You think, okay, I will just go into the Athletic app and I'll just see what the news stories are that's in my feed today. And if I tap on them um, and let them load those stories. Um, you know, that will load the stories and then later on tonight when I'm back at the campsite and um, I've, uh, you know, I, I had get a little bit more time and I might feel like reading one of those stories. I'm assuming that if I tap on it again because I loaded it earlier in the day and I've not closed the app, it will be cached and I'll get to read it. 
But did that work? No, no. not at all. <laughs> yeah, he said, no, I'm going to reload it again. And I've just always assumed that almost anybody will just cache data once you've loaded it once, just for efficiency more than anything else on servers and the rest of it. And maybe it does, but maybe it relies on HTTP caching or something of that nature that doesn't work when there's, there's no internet. But I did discover that virtually, you know, um, almost all of the apps that I use, not Manuel, uh, interestingly, because we use local data and then we sync data, um, uh, you know, the apps that I use mostly all the time, um, absolutely, without a data connection, absolutely bloody useless. Now, some of them, you know, email, there's not a lot you can do about it. You can't, I mean, the email app, if I got the email and it downloaded, um, it, it, obviously I could read that, but if I hadn't, then... And it didn't. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting um, uh, thought, especially as we're, like, obviously looking at the way Manuel works and, you know, and, and we do keep local data, so Manuel did actually work at all those times. Obviously, syncing wouldn't work, but does it? So, uh, yeah, if you're out there and, um, uh, yeah, and I think that's probably just, you know, we come to assume that there is data everywhere. Whereas there must be many parts of the world where that's not an accurate assumption, not just remote parts of, you know, place, uh, you know places like Cornwall. There must be many parts of the world where data is more sketchy or more intermittent. Uh, and, you know, these people must struggle all the time with apps that just don't work. So I found that um, uh, a, a bit of a, a surprise at how badly everything operated, to be honest. Now, obviously, I mean, things like Netflix app, you know, you can't get the stuff down, but you can... You, you count for that by having the ability to download. So for the stuff I wanted to watch when I went away, I knew data maybe was. So I went through the app beforehand and I said, you know, download this, download this, download this. So that wasn't such a problem. Um, you know, so on, on that side it worked. But, you know, the, I think and maybe, you know, maybe some apps are just never going to work. But other apps, maybe you should think about having a, you know, at least doing more vigorous caching. So things like with the athletic work for me, or if not, at least having you know, a mode that says, I'm in a data-rare environment, so just please do more vigorous caching for now or something. I don't know. Anyway, that's my little rant. You go ahead and rant. I mean, it's totally true. I've spent a lot of time uh, trying to, to make it work well, and it, it's actually a lot more difficult than, than you expect. You know, uh, you know when, when, we, when we did downloads, we obviously had to think about, it's like, how do we know that the, the app is offline, so to speak? And, you know, without going too nerdy into it, Apple had some, some, they didn't really have proper APIs at the time, but they did have sample code saying, here's the proper way to determine if you have a network connection, because you can have one that's on cell, you can have on Wi-Fi, and just because you're on Wi-Fi doesn't necessarily mean you're in data-rich area. Um, and just because you have a strong cell connection doesn't necessarily mean that that the user wants you to 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 take advantage of it because it can be very very expensive. And then the other scenarios that are are likely is when you're on a plane and where you have so-called captive networks, where you have an internet connection but it's 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 proxied and it may only allow, uh, you know enable access to certain hosts and do all sorts of things with DNS and, and, and may have a paywall on it. So all those different scenarios for determining are you actually offline, you would think it's simple, but it's actually not. Um, and, then the, you know, and then the second thing is caching. How do you do it? Because you know, that's its own set of discussions. But I, I totally agree that most people, most developers, only ever assume that you have a, a strong internet connection because they're at their desk every day. And if you're working on mobile software and you're not actually going out into the real world and going to, to what did you call it, data-rare environments like downtown San Francisco or Cornwall, um, you're, you're not, you're not doing anybody any favors. 
There's our PSA. Yeah, and you said you've just put a, a, an interesting thing on that as well that I'd forgotten about. Um, equally, when you're in a different data environment to normal, so I mean, I, okay, this is a this was just a coincidence of circumstances, but you know, it affected me. So I'm assuming if it's affected me, it may have affected others. Um, I was having um, I can't remember a reason, but I was. I was having a problem on my phone. This was a couple of years ago now. Um, and so I deleted some apps. Um, uh, just, just for, I can't remember what the reason for the reason, but I deleted some apps. And then we were about to go on vacation um, to uh, Venice. Uh, and so I thought, I, I, there's a couple of apps I want back. Yeah, because I deleted the podcast app. The one, the one I was using at the time was Overcast. But I'm not going to blame, I'm not blaming Overcast for this because it just happens to be the example I'm going to use. And so I put it back on my thing just before my phone, just before we left, and then went to, um, uh, uh, you yeah, know, went to the airport and did all the stuff, or whatever else. And then, you know, got to Venice and was in a little apartment in Venice, and it was on dongle Wi-Fi. So as a guest in this apartment, paid apartment, Airbnb, um, you know, you were limited to, you know, so much Wi-Fi per day because they were obviously on a cellular thing paying for it. And, you know, and for, like, doing your email and whatever else, it was a perfectly you know, generous allocation. It was perfectly fine. But, of course, I had just stuck Overcast back on uh, to my, my app, uh, my phone, and it, it therefore connected back to my feed. It says, you know, you subscribe to, you know, 200 podcasts or whatever it might be, and I'm exaggerating, um, and you have no episodes of any of them, so I'm going to download the latest episode of them all. And so overnight, just my phone, it downloaded like 10 gigs worth of podcasts. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And then I had a phone call from the Airbnb hostess. They said, yeah, um, you're allowed a gig for the weekend and, and you've downloaded 10 gig overnight. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's 200 euros or whatever or something <laughs> ridiculous. I yeah. said, listen, I, I, I checked my email. What could it be? And I, I did argue with her quite viciously, um, not viciously, quite hard. And then, you know, suddenly we're like, oh, wait a minute. I five discovered what happened. And so, you know, Overcast did what it was supposed to do. It, I told it to, it could use cellular data because normally i'm at home uh, i have an unlimited data plan i'm normally on at least 4g and you know if not 3g um you know i just i it, i there are i i i have been unable to use more data than than my provider will allow me to or till my part of throttles because it's you know such it's a good plan and there but of course now i wasn't now i'm not sure if there's any way of knowing that but in that circumstance there should be a way really of saying okay this you're not in your normal environment do the normal rules apply or, or whatever else? And I, I, again, that I may now be asking for things that are not possible to do, but just your, you know, some of the things you said made me think of that as well, that there are times when we need to handle data differently. Um, I would suspect most of us in our applications, um, unless, you know, streaming of data is so important to what you're doing, such as it is in your case, um, probably don't think about it much. Indeed. Well, I, and that, Bikes. One more question about about do you give preferences or you do you give switches? Because what you're really talking about is since data is so pervasive in our applications and it's constantly being used, you don't really want to have five or six radio buttons. Like, do you enable syncing up to this file size if you're on cell versus you know you just wouldn't do that. But having a mode or some type of button you can put on it, call it vacation mode or something like that, or roam mode or something like that which may put in a set of behaviors with one switch if you want users to be able to do that. Yeah, and I guess it, this is where it becomes a bit difficult because of the way that security works on the 
correctly works on the iPhone. So, for example, an overcast case, um, and again, I'm not picking on overcast, this just happens to be my example. Um, it's, you know, if it had used location, it could have told I was now in a different country to my normal country, and maybe that means I should do different things. But, of course, that means before it can do that, overcast has to ask me at some point, you know, when it wants to do this check, which is normally will be randomly any times and when I'm at home, can I use your location? Now, if I'm just sat in my office and I've just loaded overcast for the first time, I'm thinking, you're a podcast app. Why why the hell do you need to know my location? No, get stuffed. But then, of course, (laughs) it can't do exactly what I've just asked it to do. And would be good for someone like me who leaves the country, well, before global pandemics, used to leave the country pretty regularly. So so I I am being a totally unreasonable user of my expectations while having no, you know, being, understanding the problems from from the developer side, but saying, tough luck, developer, that's not my fault, sort it out somehow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you need to get the customer care team onto that to solve my problem for me. I will. Can we Can we talk briefly of, a, of another <laughs> tough luck developer scenario? Go for it. Okay, so you know our, our best friend in the world, Mr. Rooney, whose real name is Michael, Michael Fay, right? Uh, I do. Used to, I know, and and now he's like the center of a roiling controversy over over native versus cross platform apps. Have you followed this a little bit? I I have, and I was going to bring it up. And and if in case you didn't know, Mister Rooney used to be one of the developers on Moneywell. I know, isn't that just as delicious? <laughs> <laughs> so so he 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 yeah moved from this. You know, major uh, product of Moneywell, and he went to this, uh, you know, a number of years ago, went to this little, you know, unknown software place called, you know, Agile Bits and was working on, uh, was it called One Password? Yeah. And and now he's like a big, important person. <laughs> I, th- I believe he is now VP of mobile apps, is he? One Password. So, so I think when he first went to One Password, there were very, very uh, Agile Bits. So, yeah, there weren't many of them there. I mean, I mean, there was. Um, uh, Dave and, and Rooston, who are the founders, and, and a few more, but I think he was very early, and, and now they're 400 odd people or something, aren't they? So, yeah, he must be, um, you know, yeah, uh, Mr. Mega Big Boss. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure still very nice. No, I have no doubt. And But if we ever see, he'll probably like punch us. It's like, you can't, you can't punch, you, you can't, you know, make fun of me now, or you can't, you can't belittle me. I'm a, I'm much more important than you, Mr. Fox. <laughs> I, I'm sure he won't mind. But uh, uh, yeah. when it first announced, or it became clear that we were acquiring Moneywell, he sent me an email almost immediately just saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So, 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 but I mean, he's waving on that. Okay, Let, let's stop talking about Mr. Rooney and um, his words. Let's talk about the problem uh, or the thing we're talking about just a little bit in our last uh, sort of 10 minutes or so. Well, so it comes down to how do you as a company make your, your app available cross-platform in the best possible way? And we'll link to the, the, the blog post. I mean, honestly, I think it was a very reasoned discussion and I, under, I understand their decision and I understand how it raises hackle. So their decision was is that that since there are multiple frameworks that you can use to build a Mac OS app and there's an interest to try and get a consistent set of features around, you know, what do you do? You can't kind of, you don't really want to write, you know, your developers may really want to, to work in bleeding edge stuff. So want to use, you know, Swift UI and Swift UI to UI kit is like the Swift language to objective C comparison. It's like, I don't want to use UI kit. It has too many idiosyncrasies, which 
fair enough. But then a lot of people say, yeah, but I don't want to use Swift UI because it's incomplete right now. It's hard to ship apps with it. So they're they're kind of stuck with it. Particularly on the Mac side, I think. Yeah, the well, Mac exactly. is, is definitely a, a, at least one release. Oh, you know, it's always less formed than yeah. um, uh, than iOS. And people will still say iOS is incomplete. And, and the yeah. Mac, it is, you know, obviously quite a long way behind. And relies on you using um, pretty... Um, you know, up-to-date versions of macOS. Which now, you don't, know, we're, people we're, don't upgrade as often as no, on no. iOS. I mean, people on iOS has a great upgrade um, scenario where most people do it, whereas macOS, you know, as you know, supporting money, will say people people keep the same version for donkey's years. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I get it, you know, and, and I, you know, I, <laughs> I use Slack, and I definitely can see that as an Electron app, it, it sure seems to to use a lot of processing services and will regularly go out to lunch. It seems to have gotten better over the years, so I don't know whether Electron has gotten better or, you know, the people who make Slack have gotten better at not running up against those issues, but you still see it. However, kind of, you know, Microsoft Visual Code, Code App, it's, that's an Electron app, and it seems to work pretty well and be well-behaved. So it's like one of those things where... If you understand it well and have put in the time and know the pitfalls, it seems like you could do things. And, you know, the, the, but then you, you listen to the Twitterati and they're like, ah, oh, this is like, you know, you, you've pulled out my arm and beat me with a bloody stump as, as, you know, somebody who cares about user experience. How could you do this? And, and they're all up in, in hackles. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The app is still in beta. They're probably aware of it. They probably, you know, under all circumstances would prefer nothing more than to, to write a top to bottom completely native app. But then then you have the, the business issues where I, I totally get it. I t- totally get why they did it. And I'm kind of, you know, um, I won't say surprised because I think that they're, they seem to be a transparent company. But I'm very pleased that, that, that they took the time to write in a blog post. Here's the business thinking. So calm the fuck down i i i think the problem is here is if uh, one password were like some startup that had come around a couple of years ago and had lots of money thrown at them and they were doing an electron app um then then people would have just taken it as it was and then you know none of this would be happening i think the the, the problem is twofold here firstly one password started as an indie app just two guys um dave and Riston, and was thoroughly native and now, so I think it's not a case of, it's not just about one password not being native. It's the fact that it was native and now it's not native. It is what some people get. Now, I think, you know, proportionally, I think a lot of people uh, won't care. Um, a lot of people won't even notice. And I think, you know, they are, you know, they're a big company now. And, you know, they'll millions of users. And, you know, how many of these people have been very vocal, some with well-structured arguments, some with just rants. Um, you know, how many of these people really are relevant compared to the number of users they have is a, a difficult question. But I think it's the fact it was native and isn't, um, it, it now isn't is a problem. And I think there was this slight embarrassment, wasn't there, that they did put out a tweet when to something just about you know, a, a month or so ago that said, it's, you know, we're, native is very important to us. Uh, and then, of course, there was the announcement about Electron. Um, so there's a bit of a PR faux pas there, shall we say, uh, which has nothing to do with the engineering side of it. That's to do with you know, PR stuff and whether, how created, related those teams are. I don't know. Um, but at the end of the day, the question should be, does the thing work? And does it do the job you want it to do? Um, and I don't think most people 
particularly on the Mac, care about whether it uses too much resource. I, I, it was a problem with Slack because it really did use a lot of resources. In, 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 you know, it uses less these days, but it didn't stop any of us using it. Um, as you say, Visual, Visual Studio Code seems to be a very well-written um, uh, Electron app, so it demonstrates that you can do things without being a, a resource hog. Um, so, so really, this does it work. And I guess, you know, for me, the problem more is, you know, one of the nice things about the Mac that was one of the reasons that was biggest to me when I came to the Mac was if it works in this app, this will probably work in the other app and then the other app. And so if I learn something, it becomes common across the board, um, which was less true in Windows. I mean, like, you know, Command C is copy, Command V is paste. You know, it was always Control um, Control C and Control P, I think, in Windows, if I remember correctly. Can't remember it, mm, Something like that. anyway, don't don't don't. You know, so certain things were consistent in Windows, but other things weren't. Whereas on the Mac, things tended to be more consistent across. And I think Electron apps don't have some of that. Things that you might expect if you do this keystroke, a Mac app would just do and doesn't. So which means for someone who is a a diehard Mac user and use it all the time, the app stops behaving the way you would expect it to behave. If it had never behaved that way, that's possibly less annoying than it now it did and now it doesn't. So I have I have sympathy for both sides of this debate right now. Well I think that the both sides people both sides of the argument need your sympathy and support. But you yeah, know I mean, shipping, shipping, so, shipping software is hard, um, and they have millions of users, and they're trying to support multiple platforms. And you know, as much as many of us, I think the trouble is many of us look at Agile Bits still is the the company with a couple of guys or a few guys that as many of us in the indie world know. Um, it's not that company anymore. It's not been that company for a long time. Those people are still in it. They're still perfectly lovely people, but it's not that company. Uh, you know. One password is not produced by an indie company anymore. It's produced by it's produced by a company with you know um, funded backing and whatever else. It's dealing with totally different problems. Um, and you know, it's you know, it, half of me says at the end of the day, you know, get over it. You've said this to the users, get over it. And if you don't like it, go use something else. Precisely. Or write it if you're a developer. Write it. You know. Um, yes, by all means, say I don't like this app as much as I did. Here's the reasons I don't like it, so that they know. Oh, don't bitch about it forever. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's not as if there's other real problems in the world that need attending to. There is. Now, one of those problems might be, how do people get hold of you, John, to tell you what an awesome human being you are? Oh, my God, Scotty, that was butter smooth. <laughs> well, so you can find, so, <laughs> you can find me where... where tw- <laughs> I have to post this. We, we can find I, you smothered in butter. I I I, I took a, a lovely bike ride, and at, just as I was coming down Market Street, the, the, in front of the Twitter Twitter building, I saw all this kind of spray and and water and sound of of steam cleaning everywhere. And some guy was like, you know, washing the the, the piss and the, the the street residue off of the the ground floor window of the Twitter building. So I captured some video and posted saying, it's like, you need to hire this guy to keep discourse clean on Twitter. So now that that's been done, you can find me on Twitter as Jembe. That's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, now that you're back in a place where there's a solid data plan, where can people, you know, empty their cache of, of, of well wishes towards you? <laughs> 
not hmm sh- yes lovely <laughs> i accept all cash um excretion at uh <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter as um, Mac Devnet, <laughs> M-A-C-D-E-V-N-E-T, uh, where I look forward to receiving your deposits. <laughs> John, it's, um, it has been uh, awesome to be back with you. I have I have missed you uh, more more than you can ever imagine. I bet. Yeah. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you were, were very pleased and enjoyed your three or four weeks off. But but we're back and. Uh, yeah, get back to that uh, listening schedule and uh, working out who's listening next week because we're here and we're here to stay. So thanks for listening. And until next time, you take care. Thank you.